Hi, I'm Victor Garber, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. And welcome back to the Flash Podcast, season 1.5 of the Flash Podcast that is dedicated to the Flash as we await that a new season of the Flash by covering past past episodes of the season as well as doing character reviews and covering you, keeping you updated to the, about the Flash as we wait for October October 6th to finally arrive. I'm one of your hosts, Annie B, as always, and this week I'm joined by a very special guest who I've been having aiming to have on on the show for a long time, but. Because I'm a screw up, I I'm bad at scheduling. So he is one of the great people from BetweenThePanels.com and one of the hosts of Between the Panels podcast, and he's Mr. William Goodman. So William, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? Uh, thanks very much, Eddie. I'm I'm doing well. Hanging in there. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the invite. Of course, like I like I said, I've been waiting to finally have you on and talk some Flash because I I had a blast when I was on the the show with you, Justin and and Dane talking about. Um, the, the first half of the season and doing our speculations uh, so um, so yeah we're finally here and uh, we're going to do another character review uh, it's one of our final free character reviews as we are going, we're not that far away now from the, the second season but before we do that because in the world of podcasting this is how it works when it comes to news you record something and then once you record it and you publish it that's when the world decides to just release more news you have to wait a whole week you can talk about it so right after we record our big quiver slash flash podcast episode cw released the the same trailer that we talked about but it as one minute uh, featuring a lot of new footage which you can catch on the flashpodcast.com website uh beware of spoilers or there are some big things in it and and um i wanted to ask you well what do you what do you thought about uh, the trailer uh, in terms of everything that we saw so yeah, I mean, this is um, this is the uh, the Patty Spivet one, right? Yes, with uh, yeah, with Jay and uh, Patty, and like, basically a big a big look at uh, the second year. So I think this this kind of lays out what I would imagine the first the arc of probably the first two or three episodes is going to be. Um, I think very firmly establishing. Uh, look, this is this season is very much going to be about the multiverse. Um, not that that's information we didn't know already, but I think showing how we're going to have a view into that world and, and really what it's going to look like with our pre-existing characters and how that will all come uh, to, to pass. And I mean, it's exciting. I think uh, the quick looks that we do get are interesting. Um, I think the idea of bringing in characters like Adam Smasher as kind of these earth two villains is an interesting way of, um, you know, bringing in some of these to the other characters, but the the thing I'm interested in is uh, I saw an interview. I think um, I don't know who gave the interview. I think it was maybe Berlanti, but talking about 
how the relationship uh, between Jay and Barry is really going to be this year and how they'll interact with one another and how Jay is kind of this more seasoned veteran speedster and uh, Barry still has this youthful energy about him. And I think that dynamic is the thing that uh, we get a little bit of a taste of here in this one minute trailer. Yeah, I um, I, I love the fact that we finally get to see Jay Garrick's costume more in motion, um, which we did get in the 30 second promo, but this just had a bigger feeling to it. And I, the costume looks really good. Um, I I know a lot of fans were hoping that um, they would go full out yellow on the lightning bolt, but you know I maybe it's a work in progress. But I think you know they they took a a really interesting piece of costume from the from the comics universe and and added really well. So I, I he's the one I'm most looking forward to see this year, uh, along with Wally West, of course. But um, but yeah, I like that you know, like you said that we getting this bigger sense of how the multiverse works because not you know it's not the easiest concept to get into some for maybe non-comic book fans and so you know which was one of the reasons we did uh, a few weeks ago we did a whole episode about what the multiverse was just to kind of like give you an easier idea and i like that visually by seeing this trailer we're kind of getting that idea and um, there's a lot of question marks though in that that adam's master mentions that zoom was the one that said to him that you know i if you kill the flash i will take you home and so on so there's I'm wondering if he's going to be reaching out to like a, a lot of people, like asking, you know, asking him to kill the Flash or going after the Flash as of kind of maybe its own Legion of Doom, if you think about it. But it's a, it's an interesting approach for sure. And I, uh, yeah, I like I, I like seeing more of Patty. I, I I don't I haven't seen um, the actors in the role Chantel on something. I I'm so bad with names, but uh, but she she seems lovely, and I'm I'm looking forward to see how she interacts with Barry and. Uh, um, there's one big mystery though. Like there's there's this man that they keep showing like what looks to be flashbacks, and that goes at that attacks Jay as well as Barry. And who, who do you think that is? Um, I I was just um I was under the impression it might be Zoom, but uh, I think they're purposely keeping it opaque just to uh, to not really show their hand, considering the fact that they are showing so many other things. Yeah, it would be. I I think someone tweeted me the other day to the Flash Podcast Twitter account that is this guy Zoom and so on. I said, that's not entirely impossible, but I, knowing these showrunners and writers, they don't really give away mysteries that quickly. And they usually, you know, and they've said that we're not going to really see who's under that mask for a long time. We're mostly going to be hearing um, Tony Todd's voice at Zoom for the, I I guess, at least the the first half of the season. And, um, yeah, and I'm like he he kind of reminded me a little bit about how Eobard Fawn looked like in the Flash Rebirth, with you know with the with the long crazy hair and you're know, looking very like dangerously um, aggressive. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think it's him, and I actually don't want it to be him. I want it to be some something really shocking that we haven't that we didn't see coming. But but no, it looks like a really good trailer. I'm the rogues are back, and um, I think. I think Cisco and Golden Glider is going to be having a very interesting dynamic when they, when we see that episode. But um, what, what, uh, any other thoughts about about it before we move on to our, our main topic for the, this episode? Uh, actually, just I went through and I saw the person that you were making reference to, and um, I'm not sure who that is. So I was trying to see if that was um, somebody that had been cast 
someone had that been had been cast already you know there have been all of these casting announcements that come out over the summer and, and frankly sometimes it's hard to keep uh, track of who's playing whom but um that that would maybe be my guess is that uh one of those characters is you know another person from earth Two, perhaps but uh i am not sure yeah it's with this show anything is literally possible that's um but i'm excited to see that they're um because the whole act the whole um the whole purpose of metahumans in these universe is that it's you know multiple ways of for them to be a metahuman and i like that they're now using earth Two as another source of that so it's not just a bunch of oh i i i'm a metahuman from the particle accelerator incident now it's like it's becoming more wider and bigger so um but yeah no i'm looking forward to see what else they release and it's only two three weeks away so um it's it shall be interesting, but uh, and if you want to see the trailer uh, to our listeners, if you want to see the trailer, head over to the flashfire.com website, and uh, it's one of the first posts up there. So, moving on to our main topic of this episode, um, one of our final characters to review for from season one in the season one five edition is Mr. Eddie Fawn, um, played by Rick Kuznet, and um, and that's a good start for uh, to to go on. Uh, by talking about what uh, what did you think about that Rick Kuznet and the role of Eddie, a character that we none of us really knew what to make out of in the beginning because you know we you know, we read the casting description and all that like is he is he Reverse Flash is he not you know what's up with the Fawn connection so what are your overall thoughts on the, on the performer as Eddie? Um, so I I really enjoyed that uh, the game kind of the long con that he show played with Eddie and sort of positioning, playing into the history of the character. I think it was a good way to uh, subvert fan expectations of this is a character who has a certain lineage and especially in the flash comics, that lineage is very important, not only for, for Barry and for Wally and uh, for, for the entire kind of extended family of, of flashes, but also again, um, it was nice to see that element kind of, I think, shifted and appropriated a little bit and applied to Eddie. But I think Rick does enough job, a good enough job of bringing this this nuance to the character where it's he keeps him mysterious enough that or not mysterious enough. There's there's it's it's twofold. It's he we can see his intentions, but there is kind of this air of mystery around him to a certain extent where he always seems like he might be planning something and we're not privy to all of those details as to what he's doing. And so I think it's, it's a, again, it's a good con that the showrunners played throughout the season was to, to give us enough of, uh, I think something to, 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 they threw us enough of a bone to kind of say, all right, maybe he has some ulterior motives and the mystery and the fun of, of this is going to be exploring whether or not that's actually the case. Yeah, I agree. Because I remember just thinking back in whenever this was, when he first got announced and all that, and just thinking about the character in general. That I was thinking, well, he's probably the new the new Tommy, the, the Tommy Merlin of uh, of the Flash, yeah, the, the the guy who has a villainous last name, you know, based on something from the comics, but is this total sweetheart until we get to a certain point in the season where he shifts or maybe reveals something because I kept going back to the whole thing that I read about, which was he harbors a dark secret and has a mysterious past, but they never really, how should I say, they, he seemed to know pretty well about who he was and his past and all that. Like he even talked about at one point with Iris, you know, at one, one point he and Iris, 
you know, had dinner with his mom and all that. So I like I feel they they kind of missed some of that, but but he was a really likable character when they used him really well. So there was some episode where he was just in there for a few seconds or minutes or whatnot. But um, but yeah, I like the whole you know, is he is he not? Who is he? Is that him? No, that's not him. Uh, whole game. So no, and I, I really enjoy him a lot. And so and especially in the later half of the season when he. You know, once he started finding out what was going on, which we will get to. Uh, and speaking of that, um, did you have any favorite moments or episodes with Eddie, or in terms of storylines? Uh, I think once he's kind of brought into the fold and kind of has a larger idea of what's happening with with Barry and with Joe, um, his response to that seemed very natural to me, and I appreciate that they the the aftermath of all of that I think was well handled and well suited to the character uh, and just and felt like again a very natural extension of what was happening with the character um, and I, you know I would agree with you uh, it, it's hard in an ensemble show like the flash especially where you have just on the main cast itself so many strong actors it's hard sometimes to give everybody a good balance. Uh, and I definitely think there were some times that Eddie was kind of sidelined, especially as we build up to these, you know, the larger confrontation between between uh, Professor Wells and and Barry. That really taking up <clears throat> a good majority of the back half of the season, and really focusing on that. Um, unfortunately, Eddie got kind of the uh, the short end of the stick on that. But I think a really cool. Uh, and what a sort of badass way to go out as is really in, in the the, uh, the true hero's death for sure. Yeah, I no, I definitely I once he got in there and he started learning like he was, you know, because I remember at that point throughout the season there was a lot, you know, I because there was this whole big issue which I you know I was one of them that had this issue which was which was no one was telling Iris about the secret uh, and. Um, and all that, but I like that once he came in, he kind of represented the audience in a way, uh, and um, and kind of like you know he was saying the things that we, you know people have been saying online, and um, I, and I really enjoyed that a lot, and um, I also this is just for pure entertainment, but I loved when uh, there was one I think it was episode five or six when he was <laughs> when he had to go to the hospital and they put him on morphine and he became like. <laughs> The dope Eddie, he was just laughing and just like, you know, oh, ice cream, that's the greatest thing ever, I love you guys. And I'm like, Rick Kristen is really good at comedy, that's that's what I know for sure. Um, and um, But yeah, I really enjoy. I also liked when he got to play, you know, there was that episode when um, Everyman, that the guy who could shift into literally anyone he touches, he... he you know, he took the shape of Eddie, and then we started seeing, you know, the Eddie that everyone had kind of imagined in the beginning of the year, which was, you know, he's going to go rogue, he's going to be dark, and he's going to, you know, do the, he's going to go to the dark side. So it was fun just for the actor to see him get to play that side. But, but, uh, but let's talk a little bit of one of the thing deep relations he had on the show was with, um, with Iris, and um, and something I was thinking a lot about was was because you know when you're taking one of these. You know these shows, and you know one of these characters from the you know from the DC universe. You're making a show around it, and you have the love focus on that. You all you know, there's always going to be that, you know, that you know that perfect guy who gets the girl that the hero really loves. But then you know we saw it on Arrow when uh, Laurel and Tommy were together, 
and we we saw it here with uh, the Flash with uh, Eddie getting you know being together with Iris. But what did you think of the of his relationship with Iris uh, from from start to finish? Well, it's one of those weird things where we as the audience members know based on comics uh, that Barry and Iris have this really strong relationship and that they're going to get together at some point. But knowing that the show has its own universe to kind of play into it's, this is what I think has made the flash just a really strong show as a whole is in, in all of these, I think DC TV shows um, really get a good opportunity to play kind of um, samplers. It's almost, it's almost, you know, when you think of rap music and you think of people who go through and, and from a production standpoint and pull out a sample from an old Michael Jackson song or something like that and they kind of drop it in or even like the Beastie Boys um, and License to Ill, you get to kind of go through and appropriate all these different bits and pick and choose and, and lay out the pieces in a way that makes sense for your specific interpretation. And I think you can tell, especially with The Flash, that they had fun really being able to take, here's the entire kind of... Uh, tapestry of of the flash universe let's find things that not only work well for for presenting the story on television but also let's use this as an opportunity to again subvert fan expectation based on decades upon decades of comics and i think this is where that plays out in a nice way is we got an opportunity to see iris have her own relationship and and see eddie and the two of them together, knowing that at some point or another, for whatever reason, these two would separate and Iris would presumably go off with Barry and the show kind of hints on that on a couple of different levels throughout the, you know, throughout the season. There are opportunities where everybody's kind of on the rocks and Iris is drawn to to Barry and to Eddie. Um, you know, sometimes she's drawn more to one over another, but being able being have the opportunity to, to see their relationship uh I think was really, really, it was a nice kind of precursor to see how, what Iris is like in a relationship and see how she functions from a romantic standpoint and getting insight into their relationship. I think something, especially in the early episodes was nice to kind of scratch that itch. Yeah. Kind of the more romantic side of, of things that so many of these CW shows um, certainly lean into a lot of that relationship stuff. And I think it works well. Yeah, and something I remember um, a few weeks ago we did, when we did the Iris episode, uh, one of our guests uh, mentioned the fact that one of the things that they, when we were talking about that particular relationship was that, um, you know, Iris was fighting to make that relationship work. You know, she didn't want to give up on them. And I feel the same way was uh, for, on Eddie's side, too. I feel like he was also, you know, they, unlike Laurel and Tommy, like I said, I think that, you know, they were they. It was sweet to follow from time to time, but I, I, we we knew that we never really believed in that relationship that much, and so on because you know she might have feelings for Oliver again, and and so on. And in this case, I, but I feel like it was t- com- completely different here because I genuinely believed in Eddie and Iris loving each other and um and you know and and you know and fi- really fighting for a relationship and so on it was a you know even though i'm a huge west allen fan you know, I, I you know i want to see iris and barry together in the end and we know we will get that but it was nice to see that you know th- that this show can do a, you know can do a genuine you know other relationship and 
you know, and the, these two, you know, like it's not just like, oh, I I was only in love with you for a little while, but then this happened, and now I'm like in this, I'm bet- I'm, I'm in this hard place of having to choose and so. But you know, but she was like, no, I'm with Eddie Barry. I love him, and you know, you know, your feel, you know, after the whole time travel episode, we kind of saw how that went and so on, and that she really, she, they really did fight for that relationship. And the only part I didn't like was was the episode, and it was, and this kind of goes into. Um, you know, at, you know, Eddie learned the secret, but once we got to that point of, you know, Iris wanting to find like what Eddie was hiding, and so I, I didn't like how that drama was played out, and um, and it has nothing to do with the acting. It's just like I didn't, it was not, I didn't like it as a writing move uh, that, you know, and I loved and like that Eddie had to keep the secret from uh, from her because her dad made her so and um and she you know she started asking me you know are you are you cheating on me you know either you tell me or you know we're i mean you're just gonna have to break up and that's the only part of the relationship i didn't like when they had to go to that length and so on, which we knew would ha- would happen at some point but it was still like not enjoyable to watch if you know what i mean well because we're so invested in these characters right and especially barry being our main character we don't want to see him in a place where he there's a relationship with obviously someone he's known for his entire life is a jeopardy, but it was a nice way I think of adding some stakes into it. But I mean, again, we know that these two are are destined to be together um, and that the future is, uh, is already written in stone or holographic newspaper. However you want to uh, just (laughs) pick whatever analogy you would like there. But uh, it's, it's a nice way I think of raising stakes throughout the mid season, but that moment always felt a little, it was one of those things I knew it was being done. I understood the mechanics of why it was happening from a plot standpoint. So I didn't really buy much into getting too involved in the mechanics of it, so to speak. Yeah. And, um, and speaking of relationships, what did you, um, what did you think of Eddie's relationship with um, both Joe as, you know, a fellow partner as well as with Barry as just two genuine friends? So, I mean, I, I think the Joe and Eddie relationship is, is different. It's kind of the, the very typical work relationship that you have, although there is this level of, uh, I think, deeper shows and, and dramas and, and what have you have shown and, and also just real life that the relationship and bond that partners, police officers, detectives, partners have with one another is something you have to be able to count on one another when things get crazy. And um, so I think being able to see how those two functioned as partners is is good uh, and it's certainly Joe certainly has a different relationship with Eddie than he does with Barry. I think Joe certainly feels more willing to, at least prior to uh, finding out that Iris and Eddie are seriously dating, is he's more willing to kind of trust Eddie to be able to do his own thing and realize that he's fully capable, whereas the relationship that Joe has with Barry is kind of the concerned father figure, which rightfully so. But I, I think there's there's a more willingness. I don't want to say that Joe doesn't see Barry as an equal because I don't think that's true. But I think that Joe does see Eddie as someone that is just as capable as he is. And I think that is a different dynamic for sure uh, between Joe and Barry. Um, as far as the Barry and Eddie relationship, there's this weird kind of spectrum of of being friendly than kind of being this tension there's always this underlying tension there and i think that's where a lot of kind of the 
duplicity, duplicitous nature of is Eddie good? Is he bad? That's where it comes from. Or in his interactions with Barry, you can tell that relationship waxes and wanes in terms of its stress level throughout the course of the first season um, up until the point where Eddie really realizes what's fully going on. Uh, and then I think there's, there's a little bit more of acceptance at that point, but it's, it is, they are very much rivals. Uh, and I think um, the show plays into that skid in a very nice way in a realistic way too. Yeah. I, as I was listening to you talk about it, I, because I was trying to think back, if I ever got that vibe when I was watching, you know, those two in a ride, it was, it wasn't like on the nose that you know, on the nose type of their rivals, or you know, they're supposed to be against each other and so on. Because generally, you know, Eddie was actually pretty nice to Barry until he found out that he had feelings for Iris, and um, but like most of the time, he was. You know, like he he didn't see Barry as a friend and so on, and uh, just didn't see him as a bad person. Just someone that he, you know, they work, you know, they work together at the, the police station and so, all, all that. And um, so I, I'm I'm trying to figure like I'm at, I I, would, I write down the question and I can't even answer it. I it's it, because you you brought up something I hadn't thought about that that they were you know technically they were supposed to be rivals. They were you know they are sort of to, meant to clash at, uh, towards each other. So. But I, I, with the Joe and Eddie one, I think as I'm thinking back, and I like that once he did find out that he was dating Iris, that um, he pointed out something really well to Eddie that you know what am I gonna do if I have to tell my daughter what you know you know what this line of work is like you can get killed you can get severely injured but you can also you know like I said you can die what am I gonna do when I go come home and not only tell my daughter that my partner died but her boyfriend died as well so that we kind of learned a lot that he you know. He wasn't the typical, oh, you shouldn't date my daughter because I'm protected, because he was doing it out of protectiveness, but for a completely different reason, because he doesn't want Iris to have to, you know, lose someone that is in this field of work. Well, there's there's a logic to it, and I think that's the thing that I that, and I hate this kind of, the, this turn of phrase, I think has been thrown around a lot in superhero culture, but that's the way of keeping it grounded and not even grounded but i think it's a nice way of weaving this larger human element into things where we have a show where there's a giant talking gorilla um having that having that human having that emotional through line throughout it all helps make this world more believable and of course i I think that's a very natural reaction for a parent to have is is to want to protect his daughter in that way uh so those scenes i think are nice insight into the character and to the, you know, the relationship that Joe has not only with Eddie, but also with Iris as well. Yeah. And, um, and once, you know, and moving on into, um, as we had already talked about a little bit, but once Eddie found out about Barry's secret, um, I still love that shot of his reaction. Like he's just standing there, like, you know, the, you know, the perfect golden boy actually gets, you know, starstruck or, you know, shocked for something. And like he, his jaw was literally on the floor and, um, so that was kind of a fun, another funny moment, but I, he became Eddie became such a good voice in the in Team Flash once he knew about the secret. There was even that following episode when Felicity visited Central City along with Ray, and you know he comes into the coffee shop and asks, you know, can I wait, Barry? Can I talk about your thing in front of her? And he's like, oh yeah, I know. And he kind of points out the big flaw of one of one of the few, but yet big flaws of this of this first season. Everyone knows about Iris. Wow, and uh, and I like that a lot. You know, once he found out, and that's why I, that's why it got so much more emotionally 
devastating once we saw the season finale. But what did you think of um, Eddie? You know, po- Eddie Post finding out the secret. You know, it. I, I think having him, as you mentioned, having him kind of be, I think, the audience surrogate, especially in that moment where he's questioning why everybody hasn't let Iris in. Um, I think that helped to deflate some of the tension that the audience may have had with that particular issue. Um, But I I think they kind of set him up um, at at that point. That's kind of almost the, the dominoes beginning to fall for him to uh, take action in the way that he does in the finale is by having this insight and then having uh, Wells play into that, especially in the final episodes he kind of seals his fate in some way. And, um, you know, that's, that's the thing that I did appreciate about the finale. And, you know, a lot of these, a lot of just like superhero dramas in general, sometimes that there, there aren't, it's hard to really have great emotional stakes. And especially in a show like the flash where there's time travel and, you know, who, who knows all that. And so, but the, the emotional weight of Eddie sacrificing himself, I think, um, is is a really great culmination of the big, of everything that Eddie has seen since finding out about Barry's true secret, and um, so that's what I, I may be jumping ahead a little bit, but oh, that's why I'm I'm really really hoping that we don't see Eddie in season two, um, because I think that moment works so well, and I think it is such a good culmination for the character, um. It's it's he again, he gets a true hero's death. And I think it's it's just done. The stakes in the finale were so high that I think having that moment be undone and then be, you know, be disingenuous, it would make the finale lose its power in a lot of way. And um, again, this is certainly a time travel show and the Earth 2 version of Eddie very well may appear. But the the Earth 1 version of Eddie, I would like to see stay dead because I think that is um it's it was a good way for the character to go out and again i think add some real stakes to what was already a very uh intense finale i i completely support it and something that i i totally agree i think earth the r eddie from earth one like he should be dead i like i you know maybe he can show up like in spirit or like you know as a ghost like how tommy has done that before like in season two of, of arrow but but i totally agree that the the Eddie Fawn that we know, that the Barry Allen from Earth One knows, should remain dead. Um, now, there's a problem though with this because, and then we can, when this can kind of, the, the final discussion point is basically going to become like one giant discussion. But his, you know, we ha- we know he, ha- he has his connection with Eobard Fawn, and who comes from a world where, you know, like from a from a time where we don't know how things look like because they've only been teasing it, but opening the wormhole, him sacrificing himself. Eddie may be dead, but I'm still curious though if his body is, is you know, might, may or may not be used for something because I, I kind of like the idea more of actually using Earth 2 Eddie or, you know, an Eddie from a different universe where he is evil or... But the big, the big question though that I hope they do answer at some point because we know that based on, you know, like, you know, you and I, people like you and I, we know from the comics that people like Eobard Fawn can come back in some shape or form, you know, the, you know, j- just because he died in this finale doesn't mean that it's really the end because he somehow has a connection to, to get back into the universe. But as we kind of explore the whole connection with Eobard Fawn, we know that he's a 
someone that is it long, you know he's an early thought in the whole lineage but um what did, what were you, what what were you thinking thinking throughout the season like when they were talking about his you know how he's related to to Eobard or you know Harrison Wells you know, I always thought it was, it, it seemed like a red herring to me on some level that this was, this was kind of smoke and mirrors by Berlanti and crew to kind of, I think, draw our attention um, to Eddie and made me think that he really was reverse flash when it was Wells all along. Um, I, I think that was a smart move by the team to have us kind of very much questioning who really was reverse flash. And um, because that, that kind of game it's um, it can get old rather quickly. And I think having somebody to maybe cast suspicions on can certainly help a show while they're teasing out this mystery throughout the course of, of a season. Um, you know, it was one of those things when, when we found out that he was, uh, you know, a great ancestor. Um, it, you know, it made sense given that's that's when I sort of knew how the finale was going to shape up. Was okay. Well, if Eddie dies in some capacity, there goes uh, you know there goes Wells. And um, so I was always always curious as to how that was going to particularly unfold. Um, but I think I think having him be there and be somebody to be suspicious of just in the sense of, uh, of maybe not be a hundred percent. Okay. It's this guy, but at least again, still have some suspicions about him was a good way to tackle that particular problem. Yeah. And, and as we touch upon, you know, his big sacrifice in the finale, which, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking and that he, you know, it, it kind of, once again, it gave me all those feels that I had watching the Arrow season one finale when Tommy decides to, you know, you know, Laurel is stuck in a building. He lifts something really heavy and says, you know, go, I will come out. I will be right, be right with you. And then he gets stuck and he gets severely injured. And then by the time Ollie shows up, it's too late. And as he dies in Ollie's arms. And I, that kind of the same feeling for me that Eddie just out of, out of the blue shoots himself to just stop EO board. And, it was. I, I. I think it was. I don't know if it was obvious that it was going to happen. Um, because at this point, you know, anyone could have died uh, in the finale. But in a way, and it sounds so so harsh, but it does. It did make a lot of sense for Eddie to be the one who killed to to die. But I love the fact he died as a hero instead of like just being an accidental death. That you know, the Eobard decided to oh, I'm just going to um, snap you or whatever, just accidentally. Try I'm gonna try and kill Barry, but then Eddie gets in the way somehow and dies, and then they both disappeared. No, it was Eddie who kind of got to take control of that because we've been seeing after he got kidnapped by Eobard that he, you know, he was starting to look for his purpose as as a as a character, and you know when he was talking to Martin Stein, which you know was one of the reasons why he did do the do the thing that he did in the end, which was that you know it doesn't matter if someone gives you you know spoilers from the future, you're in control of your own future, so you know. You know, take control, and that's what Eddie did. So, even though losing, you know, having to kill himself is a huge loss, it's a big win for the character itself. Do you think he needed some sort of redemption? No, no, no. I don't think he needed a redemption. I think, if, no, I, you know, he hadn't done anything wrong throughout that season. He was a great. Character. No, I, and I'm not saying he did one way or another. I was just curious if you just 
yeah, just asking to ask. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I I was like, did I say something wrong or whatever? No, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. No, but I uh, no, I I I think he you know wanted to just get back that ability of being able to, you know, not having to listen to what Eobard said and just being able to really know himself that you know yeah I am in control. F you Eobard. I'm gonna you know f you over and um and gunshot and dead and then but then the reason and this is kind of um one of our last discussion points is you know i because this is the flash this is a show that is based on a character from a mythology where time travel is heavy multiverse is heavy that i i don't know if i think eddie fawn of this world is done I don't know if the actor though is. I don't think Rick Cosnett is done. I know he's doing. Uh, he's. Uh, I think he's a series regular right now on a new ABC show that is coming this this fall. Um, but that doesn't mean that he can't do guest appearances. And the fact that the way they're setting up Zoom in this way makes me wonder if you know, because they're going to keep it a big mystery throughout the whole season. You know, if he's only doing a few guest stars, he could. You know, Zoom could be revealed by maybe episode nineteen or twenty, but. But in terms of just you know speculating about the the future of of this actor on in this universe, like what do you, what would you want to see him do if he if if they brought him back for a guest star or role or maybe as a completely different character that is maybe in the shape of Eddie? Like what what would you want to see him do, and what do you think they might do with uh with with him in the show? I mean, I think the easy answer is um, to have him be Zoom, uh, potentially. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what you sort of gain from that other than just bringing him back into the fold. Um, I'd almost rather, but I'd almost rather see Zoom be somebody else completely. Um, and I think that's the that's the thing is the producers of the show have shown time and time again that uh, uh, these these elements of time travel that not even the elements of time travel but they've definitely shown I think that they have more of a game plan and they're smarter about they're very very smart with their source material and the way that they're planning out their specific version of the show. Um, so you know I, I still think there is a possibility of an Earth Two Eddie and I think that's something that may even get explored on the show is the idea of, okay, well, if there's this alternate earth out there, what does that look like? Are there alternate versions of all of us out there? Um, you know, Iris may be potentially having a, a search for the Eddie of earth too. Um, you know, this is all speculation at this point, but, um, which, which is fun. Uh, but so I think that's kind of where I lie is maybe Iris having a little bit of a search, for Eddie, maybe that's her kind of her secret she's keeping from everyone this year, um, and and maybe it turns out that Eddie is Zoom. But uh, I'd almost, and uh, yeah, I'm still not sure who I want Zoom to be, uh, if anybody. Um, but uh, I'm sure we'll have that question answered uh, at some point. Yeah. Um. Have you ever have you given the hundred Zalman a thought? Like, do you think he's someone they might bring in? as the zoom or do you think they're going to do something completely different i don't know and i think that's the thing is you know they've shown again flash is a show to me that they're i think looking back at it, it it's a show that has done so many crazy things and the audience has just been so receptive to that i feel like now that we're moving into parallel universes alternate universes 
the the envelope for crazy is going to continue to be pushed repeatedly and repeatedly. And you know, at this point, I, I it could be anybody. It could be Barry from Earth Two. You know what I mean? It, you know, it could be something just absolutely bonkers. And I think that's what's exciting about the Flash and bringing in multiverse for season two is that all options are on the table now. And I would have to imagine from a creative standpoint, that has to be both exciting and also just the possibilities are endless in a a potentially bad way. Um, Sometimes having constraint is uh, is a good thing. But um, I think just opening up the show again in a larger sense really allows them to do anything. So yeah, I, I almost am in a position where I love, I love the idea that anything can happen. And, um, that's what I'm going to stick with. That's kind of a non-answer, but, uh, yeah, that's what I, I think, uh, you know, I don't know. It could be, it could be Hunter Zolman, you know, it, it could be somebody new, um, it could be a combination of, of all of these things. Um, but I know that once we get to that reveal, it's going to be executed in a way that I think will satisfy both, uh, casual fans of the show, hardcore fans of the show and both casual and hardcore fans of, uh, of the comics. Yeah, I um I would not be surprised if he you know if his body somehow got possessed you know because his body is dead you know it was sucked into the hole who knows what t- kind of timeline or universe he may end up in but I, I I do want that part dealt with I want them to deal with that consequence of like we you know that body went into a wormhole where literally anything could happen so. I would, you know, really want something like they may not, they don't have to bring him back as Zoom, but I would want an answer like what, ha- where did that body go, uh, and you know, is does it get possessed? Does it get taken or something? You know, what the, there needs to be some sort of consequence, honestly, in that, and um, or some kind of they need to address it in some way. But um, but yeah, because I would otherwise I would love to see Rick come back uh, as it goes. You know, just you know when Barry is having a really hard moment, like. Oliver had in episode nine of uh, season two when he was fighting Zolomon Grundy and he's you know ready to give up and all that but Tommy shows up and says you know you get up you fight you know you you know you you're not a murderer you did not let me die you know you did the best you could and you know I, I know I called you a murderer and I'm now I'm getting emotional <laughs> I know I called you a murderer and all that but t- you're not you're a hero and I would kind of love to see Eddie do something like that where he just shows up and says, you know, look, don't let my sacrifice be for nothing. You know, get up and run. Yeah, but I think Barry realizes kind of the, well, that's, I think, part of what motivates him to try and, um, you know, stop the wormhole at the end of, of season one is, you know, it, one, that's just who Barry is as a person. And the two, obviously, I think, um, Eddie sacrifice certainly places him in a position where he absolutely feels like he needs to try and do the impossible. Um, because if, if he can't, then Eddie sacrifice was completely in vain. So I, I think that's something that's, that's too big of a, of a, uh, of, of a plot point to kind of just leave on the cutting room floor. I think it will be explored in some way for sure. Yeah, I, I agree, but, um, as we're wrapping up this, um, uh, the discussion on Eddie, like any final thoughts about him and, um, you know, any any final thoughts about him in general? Like from, yeah, you can basically go wherever you want with this. So yeah, I mean, I think um, his presence in season two is is something that I'll be interested to see if anybody ends up not replacing him or necessarily filling that void, but having more of an audience surrogate character um, other than Cisco, perhaps. Um, 
that's that's a viewpoint that I think I'll be interested to see who which character ends up picking up that kind of perspective. Um, and I think, you know, he, he brought certainly an everyman feel to, uh, to the show that I think is, uh, important and it's nice to have that context. And again, having that talking about, uh, having that emotional human through line through it all, uh, it's certainly something Eddie brought to the table and, uh, I'll be curious to see how the whole, or, you know, yeah, how the whole is, is filled if, if at all in any capacity, but, um, with the amount of things that we have coming down the pike for, for season two already, it's going to be a very, very busy season. And uh, we we may not have that. And, uh, you know, that may be okay. We'll see how, how things uh, shake out. But uh, there's certainly enough, I think, to keep us uh, occupied with uh, without Eddie around. Yeah, only a few things like, you know, that little... That little that little thing known as Wally West or Jay Garrett. Like, you know, I, you know, I think we have a ton of things to uh, keep us busy. And you know what? They may not um, explore, you know, what happened to Eddie's body or, you know, the future of Rick, you know, if Rick ever is able to come back until maybe the next season. You know, they, you know, they that's the good thing about the show is that they have so much they can use that not everything has to be explored, ex- you know, right away in this specific season. They can save it for later, which is totally fine by me. But, um, but that's going to wrap up our discussion on Eddie Fawn in season one. Uh, hopefully, we might see Rick in some capacity in the in this season or maybe next season. But uh, but uh, but Will, thank you so much for coming onto the show, and I'm definitely aiming to have you on um, soon again. Maybe hopefully throughout season two. Uh, but uh, tell them for anyone who doesn't know what between the panels is, tell them what it is, where they can find it on the internet, and uh, where they can find you also on social media. Sure. Uh, so Between the Panels is a comic book uh, and comic book movie podcast that I do with my co-host, uh, Dane. Uh, you can find us on our website at betweenthepanels.com. We're on Twitter at uh, uh, at BTPcast, and we're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash betweenthepanels. And um, yeah, you can find me. Uh, I'm GoodmanW on Twitter. And uh, yeah, you guys have uh, certainly shown a lot of love to... Uh, between the panels and we are certainly appreciative of that and uh yeah that's where you can find me i'm around i'm hanging out <laughs> uh so i do do and i i also do a couple of other shows uh i do mad world podcast but it's, uh that's kind of on indefinite hiatus right now um where we're gonna probably come back around and, and cover the first couple of seasons of the show that we didn't cover with our current kind of a uh, setup of, of host. Uh, and then I do another show uh, that's very, very low key uh, with my friend uh, Bakari out of South Carolina. It's called, is it lit? And that is a general uh, pop culture podcast as well. Um, we're on Twitter uh, at mad world podcast and at, is it lit podcast? Awesome. And we will make sure to attach uh, links to all, all, all the uh, Facebook pages, the Twitter pages, and the website links So uh, in the episode description below. So uh, you guys can make sure to follow him and check out all the great stuff that uh, that he does on the internet. So, And hopefully, we'll, like I said, we will have you back uh, in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the new season, uh, hopefully earlier. Hopefully I will have uh, your fellow co-hosts on, on the show talking the glory that is the flash but uh, to our listeners uh, as you as you know you can find us on the flashpodcast.com uh, as well as on facebook twitter instagram all under uh, uh, the flash podcast you can find us on google plus where we're part of the flash fan circle 
and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, uh, where you can uh, yeah make sure to rate and review us because uh, that's one of the best ways to support the show other than listening to the show. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, email us at theflashpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and that's going to wrap up our episode for this week. We're only only two more left uh, before we get to the glory that is season two. So, Will, thank you so much once again. And uh, for all- Hey, thanks for having me, Andy. I appreciate it. Oh, always. And uh, for all of our great team members, I'm Andy B, and we will see you soon on the Flash Podcast. Mm-hmm.